Awesome. Beautiful. Hey, let's take a moment to pray. Can we do it? Would you close your eyes? Would you lift up your hands before heaven? Jesus, in your name is all that we will ever need. Lord, thank you for peace. Thank you for grace. Thank you for love. Thank you for healing. Thank you for blessing. Thank you for every provision for all that we need in life. Father, today, as we are here before you, our eyes are on you, the great and awesome God who is watching over us with love and blessing in Jesus' name. Somebody say, amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. You can be seated, if you would, please. Oh, I'm so glad you're here today because I'm going to talk about prayer as a place to dream again. And I'm excited to talk about dreams and what God wants to do in our lives. Uh, we're in a little series right now called Prayer Powered Living. And uh, I just want to kind of invite everyone into the season that our church is in right now. Uh, every year, we start off our year with some kind of concentrated effort to seek God and put God first. Because you only have one opportunity to do something with the first. And, and it's a principle that really runs throughout the entire Bible that the principle of first things. So first month, first moments of the day, first of your finances, first of every consideration that you can possibly put together. And I, I really do, have, I've experienced this, but I really do believe this with all of my heart that as many ways as we can put God first, our lives will be better in that place. So Jesus said, Matthew 6, seek first, everybody say first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, righteousness, then all these things, all the things that you need will be added to you. You know, it's a good thing when you reach a place where you have a confidence in God that you are not striving to keep your life together, but that you are trusting in a God who loves you and who's for you. And, uh, and one of the ways to enter into that idea is to keep finding ways to put God first. And often that means a bit of an adjustment to our schedule or the way we use our resources or that's how we, you know, how we use our mornings um, to make that adjustment. So starting tomorrow, we are going to start a 10-day prayer season in the life of our church, 10 days of prayer fasting that I want to invite you to be a part of this in a number of ways. Uh, so here's the, kind of some of what's going to be involved in this 10-day season. Uh, one is we're going to have a, a prayer meeting, mega worship style prayer meeting here on this Wednesday and the next Wednesday. So January 17th, January 24th, 7 o'clock, um, it'll last about an hour, maybe an hour 15 at the very most, and just a time to be in the presence of God and to pray and to seek after God, and it'll be an incredible uh, opportunity. Then I want to encourage you to consider some kind of way that you would choose to fast, and that is abstain from something during this 10 days. Not as a way to like earn God's approval because you did the extra bonus point 
credit thing, fasting, but that we understand there's something about pushing delete on certain things that helps heighten our spiritual awareness and our spiritual ability to, to hear from God and connect to God. So some potential 10-day fasts for you could be you would fast lunch, uh, you know, and then take that time, maybe read your Bible and pray. Uh, maybe you would fast media. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump off of social media for 10 days and just try to take all that time and devote it to seeking after the Lord. Uh, you might try a Daniel fast, which is basically saying no meat and no sweets or some kind of adjusted diet situation. But a, a, a true Daniel fast is no meat, no sweets, uh, do it for 10 days. Or you could go full tilt fasting. Uh, and you may do that for the whole 10 days. You may do it one day, a couple of times. You may do it three days. You may do it a week. Um, whatever, whatever works for you. You might just do 24-hour periods, but time where you just set aside some time, set aside something where you would seek after God during that time where you'd normally be eating and prepping and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I just want to encourage you to consider something during this 10 days. 10 days, you can do something for 10 days. Yeah, you can do something. And, you know, we can, we can do this together, but nobody can live your Christian life for you. Like, nobody can do your push-ups. Darn. Uh, and, and I would love to encourage you in this, and, and I don't know where you're at on the journey, uh, whether you're just beginning or whether you're full tilt in or whether you need to kind of refresh and restart, but I want to encourage you to read your Bible every day for the next 10 days. That, and, and you could do this. You could read the book of John in 10 days. It has 21 chapters, so, so you could read two chapters a day. If you're just getting started with this, that would be fantastic. One of the days, you'd have to really stretch it out there and read three chapters. But you can do it. I know you can do it. And, um, and then we also have over here on the cross, um, right over there by that table next to it, there's some little prayer cards. If you want to write down uh, some things that you are believing God for right now in your life or in this year. We're going to be praying over these cards on our Wednesday night prayer meetings. Our staff is praying over these cards, our Wednesday night prayer time together. And I just encourage you to take advantage of the opportunity. Ten days. Let's just do it, church. It's ten days. Let's just go after God. Let's go after God in a hard way. Be awesome. I, uh, I, I just, um, I, you know, I, I watch the, actually I don't watch the news, but uh, I hear some news and I look out across our world, our nation, uh, our region, and I realize uh, we need a visitation from heaven in, in our day. And, and I'm convinced our church needs a fresh outpouring of heaven. And I'm convinced I need a fresh outpouring of heaven, and you need a fresh outpouring of heaven, and, uh, and, and I believe this can really set us up for that. We, we plow, but God sends the rain, and there's something about the rain factor that is an enormous blessing to your life. So the other day, I was uh, having my prayer time at home, and uh, we were watching my grandson 
uh, who Levi, who's seven now, and I was I was kind of up in the in our bedroom actually, uh, just trying to get away from everybody. And I had my worship music going, and I was walking around, and I was praying. And he walked in, and I said, "Hey, buddy, can you can you leave me alone for a few minutes so I could pray?" And he goes, "Can I pray with you?" And uh, I said, "Well, yeah." So uh, so. Uh, so he said, so what do I do? Like, do I just walk around? Like, that's what I was doing. Do I just walk around? And uh, I, I, I explained to him, like, how I actually have a prayer time. And I thought, uh, if, it's, if it, a seven-year-old can get it, anybody can get it. And so, uh, so you know, just practically, because sometimes I think we don't even know, how do I do this? Like, how do I get started with this? So, so let me just give you this. This is just, like, teaser to, to get us going. This isn't my message at all. How to have a prayer time. Uh, so practically, how to have a prayer time. Number one, set an atmosphere. So worship music, get it going somehow, somewhere. That helps me a lot. I'm just telling you how I have my prayer times. Um, you just, you know, you might want to walk outside. Not today, but uh, you might want to walk outside. But, but just set atmosphere. Um, I mean, I go so far as like, I put a YouTube video of a mountain stream flowing on my TV, and I've got worship music playing. I like looking at mountain streams flowing. I just don't want to actually go to them. And, um, and, but, but whatever you've got to do, light a candle, light some incense, get some worship music going, whatever works for you, set an atmosphere, get that going. And then secondly, you got to pray the promises. And this is what I told Levi. I said, I've always got a scripture, usually something that from a, that what I've read my Bible before I started my prayer time, and I'm, I'm praying that scripture. I'm, I'm starting out with the promise of God. I'm not starting out with the problem that I want God to solve. I'm starting out with the promise of God. And then I've got this whole list of, of scriptures that I've written down and thoughts that have come to me as I've been reading my Bible on a daily basis. And I start declaring the promise of God. And I start saying the word of God. I start doing what we were singing. I prophesy. I like that song a lot, by the way. And, uh, yeah, I take my position and speak to my conditions. Come on. That is so good. So pray the promises. And then, uh, and then I will pray for people and for situations that just come to mind. So, so three and four would go together. I would have a prayer list. Uh, so every day I'm going to pray for Suzette. She needs it. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to put up with me. Uh, every day I pray for Tori and Elizabeth and now her new husband, not so new anymore, John. I pray for Levi uh, every day. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I, this, there are things that I pray about every day. But there's also things that are happening in our church or ministry opportunities that are in front of me or things that I'm believing God for. And then as I'm praying, every once in a while, just now more than every once in a while, somebody will come to mind and a situation will come to mind and I'll just pray over it. I'll speak a blessing over it. Uh, people will come to mind and I'll call out their name before God. And I should add this, that whenever I start thinking about Here's something I should be doing. I just write that little down real quickly, and I end up with three, four, five, six things. It's an anointed 
to-do list, and, um, and, and, I, and then I don't have to think about it anymore. I'm just saying practically, because some people think, what do I even do? How do I even do this? Right here, you could, that would take you 20 minutes without even thinking, you know? And if you wanted to have a half-hour prayer time every day, this would be a, a great practical way to do this. So there, enjoy it. If a seven-year-old can do it, by the way, he didn't. He got distracted real quickly and started watching a YouTube video. I want to bring us to ground zero for just a moment and uh, just issue an invitation for all of us to embrace God's invitation to prayer-powered living. Um, and I want us to build our expectation on God's prayer promises uh, because I think sometimes you can, you, can, you can pray and eventually you could go, is this really working? Is this really making a difference? Is this making anything actually happen? And I just, I just want to bring us back to something that is super foundational, and that is prayer is God's idea. It, it's his plan. Uh, and, and the promises that he gives concerning prayer, I just want to remind us of a few of them today uh, because, because it really is a big piece of what it means to have a relationship with the Lord. A big piece of what it means to have heaven come into your earth. So just a few scriptures um, just for you to, to take note of today. Psalm 2 verse 8, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your possession. How many of you know that the earth is the Lord's? It is not the devil's. Asheville does not belong to the devil. Asheville belongs to the Lord. This is his possession. And, and there are some of us that are assigned to this region that God would say, ask of me and I will give you what belongs to me, this region and all that's in it. So, so you might not have nation uh, possessing faith, but could you start with possessing the piece of land where you are, the possessing the piece of life where you are, possessing this city that God has sent us to. Matthew 7, verse 7, ask, and, and the idea in the Greek is continuous. In other words, ask and keep asking. It'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you. So you got to have this sense of certainty that, that God will open doors. You will find an answer. You will have stuff given to you, given to you by the Lord. Matthew 7, 11, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Matthew 18, 19, again I say to you that if two of you would agree about anything that they could ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Matthew 21, 22, 
all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, they will be granted you. John 14, 13 and 14, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. James 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask. 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, I, don't, I wasn't trying to bore you with a long list, but I, what I was trying to help us see is that there are clear definitive proclamations that God has given us about what can happen through a life of prayer. And we have to start the journey of anything, but the journey of prayer with God's word. In other words, where your experience differs from the word of God, guess what needs to adjust? Not the word of God, because the Bible says it's going to last forever. So we have to start the journey not with our experience or not even with somebody else's opinion, but we have to start the journey with here are the things God's promised. And I say this a lot, but I, I feel like I need to keep saying it to myself all the time. We can either adjust the word of God down to our experience, or we could consider adjusting our experience to God's word. So we have to believe, we have to believe God is for me. Come on, somebody say, God is for me. And that he has designed this plan of how to get heaven into the earth called prayer. Something that connects the, all the possibilities of heaven to our life. It's his design. It's his idea. It's his plan. I think well, there's a beautiful thing in terms of seeking God to know God in prayer. Definitely that. But I don't think we could look at all of those verses that I just read and miss that there are these undeniable promises from God that he would change things if we would pray over them. That he would move things if we would pray over them. That he would do incredible things in our life. So I'm, I'm saying to us today, whatever your experience has been, whether good or bad, would you wipe the slate clean and go, I start with God's word, and if anything needs to adjust, maybe it's me. 
Maybe it's my thinking. Maybe it's my believing. Maybe it's my expectation. Because we've all grown up with what we've grown up with. The way we know, the way we experience, the way we think. And you got to find a foundation for your life that has lasted for centuries and will last for eternity. The Word of God. Build your prayer life out of the Word of God. One of my favorite books on uh, prayer is a book called Quiet Talks on Prayer, written by a guy named S.D. Gordon. It's old language, but it's beautiful, uh, eternal concepts. And he said this, the greatest thing anyone can do for God and man is pray. It's not the only thing you can do, but it's the chief thing. The great people of the earth today are the people who pray. I do not mean those who talk about prayer, nor those who can explain about prayer, but I mean those people who actually take time and pray. So I'm inviting, hey, if you want to be a good parent, it starts in a prayer closet. If you want to have a God-blessed business, it starts in the prayer closet. If you want to have a great marriage, it starts in your prayer closet. Anybody listening to me? Come on. That's where it starts. That's, that, this is the birthplace for it all. So I want to talk about this idea for a, a few moments. Prayer is a place to dream again. Prayer is, a, is the place of prayer. When you set that atmosphere, when you bring the promises of God to prophesy over your situation, when you begin to look to heaven, it's a birthplace for dreams to be realized. Here's what I know about every human being. Every human being has some kind of a dream that's been put there by God. It might be a dream to, uh, to start a business. It might be a dream to have a family. It might be a dream to build a church. It might be a dream to go on missions. It, there's all kinds of dreams that God has given us. And it's something that's in your soul that you know, this is why I'm here. This is why I was born this is what God wants to do in my life. You know it's something God has in store for you. What I've discovered about dreams, God's dreams, is they're usually beyond my capacity. They're usually beyond my reach, my ability to fulfill it on my own, my own strength. And God's dream for you is going to require you to be dependent on God to fulfill it. So the dream that God puts in you is not something you do for God. It's something you do with God. It's not something that God just does for you without you being involved in it. It is a divine partnership. You plow, he reigns, right? But, but there's something about the God-born dream that's within every person that is on the planet. And I just have a feeling 
that there may be some people who have let their dreams be put aside. They've given up on their dream. They've given up on the possibility of it to be a reality in their life. And I'm here to mess with you for a minute because I love you and God gave you that dream. And prayer is a place where you can dream. Isaiah 54 is, uh, is the passage where I want to start all this today, but Isaiah 54, it's one of my favorites. It's one of the ones I pray a lot when I'm praying the promises. Shout for joy, barren one, you who born no child, break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud, you who have not travailed. For the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman. So enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtain of your dwelling. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. Your descendants will possess nations and will resettle the desolate cities. In the place where you feel barren, God can bring forth something incredible. In the place where you feel it's beyond me, you can begin to dream again. Because what this passage is telling us is that out of barren, and out of desolate, God can bring forth amazing, abundant fruitfulness. Let me say it to you this way. Your future does not have to be a rerun of your past. The past seasons may have been desolate, but your future could be entirely fruitful and abundant. And there is there's something beautiful and powerful about living in the realm of dreams and visions. There's something different about a real dreamer. Not a person who's just given up resigned themselves to, I guess this is just the way it is, or just the way it's going to be for me. Something about in the place of prayer that you can nurture the dream that God's given to you. Something about in the place of prayer, you might get just a hunch of an idea to take a step towards something. It's not a big step. It's just a step. But you take that step and something incredible could happen. Something about dreaming will make you learn something new. Something about dreaming will keep your soul fresh and alive. Dreams. Dreams require faith. The opposite of faith 
biblically is to shrink back. And something about this idea of continually going before God on a regular basis, where when you come out of that time of prayer and worship and prophesying and declaring the word of the Lord and soaking it all in the presence of God, there's something about that that you step out with this divine confidence that you're confidently doing the will of God. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. Doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. You just got this inborn, faith-filled confidence about doing the will of God. And something about in the place of prayer keeps you, keeps the fire stoked so that you could keep doing the will of God because sometimes it's a long journey. It's a long haul. And I'm here today to ask you to not shrink back, but to enlarge your expectation of life. To, to carry this spirit of faith that is kept alive in a prayer time on a regular basis because to fulfill a dream takes a spirit of faith. To, to fulfill a vision, you can't keep shrinking. You can't keep letting circumstances define you. You gotta let your dream define you. Because circumstances will keep shrinking your life. Am I talking to anybody here? Come on. It'll make you afraid to reach out, to step out, to give it a go, to try something new, to try something fresh. Prayer is a place of dreaming big. Prayer is a place of believing big. Prayer is a place to consider the God possibilities. I, I read this, try to follow it, not perfect in it, but what I understand is this. If you just give 30 minutes to exercise, like just go for a 30-minute walk every day, it would do extraordinary things for your health. Just 30 minutes, go for a walk. Do it every day. If you miss a day, it's all right. Just get up and go the next day. Just do something. Go for a walk. And the impact that will have after one day won't be that much. But the impact it will have after a week may still not be that much. But start doing it for a month. Start doing it for a year. Start doing it for a long time. And watch 
something incredible start to happen. And I'm asking you to consider this thought, to consider this concept. What if you, every day, got in a place of worship and prayer and you shut out the world and you just dream? Nobody can mess with your dream when you're in your prayer time. You're just dreaming. You're just believing. You're just prophesying. You're just declaring. You're just considering the God possibilities. What would happen if you do that? It doesn't have to be 30 minutes. It could be 15, although eventually you're going to want more than that. But 30 minutes, maybe an hour. What could be more beneficial for your life than just to keep going every day? Just like when you don't feel like exercising, you just do it. You don't feel like praying, but you just get there. And sometimes it's mainly worship. Sometimes it's mainly declaring the promise of God. Every once in a while, it's a whole lot of complaining. But I'm wondering what would happen if you started to incubate your dreams 30 minutes a day. The TV's off. No more news. No more social media. No more voices. It's you, God, your dream. 30 minutes every day. Just imagine the, the spiritual health that would spring out of that. I feel like I'm preaching this a little better than you're responding, but don't shrink your dream in prayer. <laughs> Expand your dream to fit a God-sized life. Don't shrink your dream to a man-sized life. So I think when you get in that place of prayer, Nobody can tell you, don't dream. You can. Nobody can tell you, don't believe it's possible. You can. All the limitations are gone. Just 30 minutes, 15 minutes, one hour, I don't know. What if you started dreaming? What if you started just considering the possibility? What if you started considering, like, what if? What if you started counting in the God factor? In God's presence, you could dream. I think that's one great thing about worship. It's one good thing about mega worship. It's an hour. You can just dream. You can just soak. You can just believe. You can just hope. Hope for your future can begin in your prayer place. Hope for your future can be nurtured in your prayer place. At some point, many people stop living out of their dream and start living out of their memory. Start living out of the past. So if, you, if we keep living out of our memory, Oh yeah, I tried that. 
That didn't work. Instead of creating the future, we just keep repeating the past. I think nothing or very few things honor God more than you carrying a big dream in you that's beyond your ability to accomplish. I can't think of anything that's better for your spiritual development than having a big dream. Because there's something about having a dream that says, God, I'm leaning into you hard. This church was born out of a dream. The future of our church is born out of what we're dreaming about today. And we refuse to, to let our budget define our future. Could I encourage you to do the same? I want you to use wisdom. But the dream is always bigger than the budget. Hello? So when, when we build this building here, we didn't have the budget to build this building. We didn't have $2 million just laying in the bank. We started dreaming. We started praying. We started thinking. We thought, let's give it a go. We didn't have the money even to do this addition. It's not like we had, okay, we got a bunch of money. No, what we did have is a dream to keep moving forward. This church is a dream factory. You will either love dreaming and stay around or, or hate dreaming and go somewhere else. And I think there's something incredible about the atmosphere of dreaming, of believing, of at least hoping, of considering the possibility. I'm not inviting you to have a prayer life so that you can log in your prayer times and somehow earn God's approval. I'm inviting you to live a prayer-powered life so that you can incubate the great things that God has for you. I want to pray for your dreams today. Would you bow your heads, please, and would you close your eyes? Father, in this room, in every person, are God-born dreams. We know they're born of you because they're beyond us. I'm praying for every dream. I'm praying for every dreamer. I'm praying... For your spirit to hover over us. I'm praying for those who have given up on their dreams, that you are fanning that flame 
into fire again. God, that you are causing us to lean in hard to the promise of God and lean in hard to the goodness of God and lean in hard to being in the presence of God. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to have this this moment. Maybe you're here today and you've never actually just surrendered your life to Jesus. The one who has a dream for you. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you used to be in a great relationship with the Lord, but you're not today. I want to pray with you. Maybe you're here and you just don't feel confident that your life is in the hands of a God who is for you, who can move heaven and earth in your behalf. I want to pray with you. Nobody looking around, just a couple of minutes together. You say, Pastor, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm ready to come back to him. I want to know for sure I'm right with Jesus. Would you pray with me? If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now and say, that, that's me. I, just, I want to give my life to the Lord. God bless you. Come on, anybody else. I just, I need to come back. I need that sense of confidence. My life is in the hands of God. Is there anybody else? It's a great moment to make a move towards a God who's for you. Anybody else? Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. It's for everybody that lifted their hand, but I'd like for us all to pray. And everybody say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the dream you have in store for me. I need you. I want you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I've messed up. But I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen.